And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Masked Avenger. Uh, This is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This time, it's a true crime case on Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae from 1952. Then, it's part one of a comedy episode of The Danny Kay Show from 1945. But first, let me say hello to my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. How's it going, Dimply? Good. How's it going? I'm great. Welcome back. New week. Right. It's yeah. been a big week, but we're back. Yeah, we we're are. here. You ready for some classic radio? Absolutely. Are you ready for a true crime case on Tales of the Texas Rangers? If it's called Troop Train, I'm ready. Yes, it is. Well, this was a modern Western series, and like its predecessor, Dragnet, Tales of the Texas Rangers adapted actual police case files. Now, the Texas Ranger was Jace Pearson, and he was portrayed by Joel McRae. And now it was set in present day, and Pearson used the latest scientific techniques to identify criminals, and he worked in environments that would range from big cities to isolated wilderness areas that can only be reached on horseback. Now, this series was produced and directed by Stacy Keach Sr. It ran on radio from 1950 until 1952. We have an episode now called Troop Train, and this is from April 6, 1952, Part 1 now of Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Names, dates, and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called... Troop train. It is 4.30 a.m. on the morning of January 6, 1943. About 12 miles east of Humboldt, Texas, an army troop train roars westward through the darkness. In the smoking room of one sleeping car, a burly private of 30 plays solitaire. His lone companion, a 19-year-old PFC, stares out of the window. What do you see out there in the dark, anyway? Texas? Well, take a good look. It'll be a long time. You live around here, don't you? About 40 miles south. Pinker, Texas. My mother had an operation a couple days ago. Sure wished I could see her. Well, you got it bad, kid. Eh, never can beat this game. Ever been away from home before? We used to go to Beaumont to visit my grandmother. Never been out of Texas in my whole life. Eh, you ain't missed nothing. I've been as far as New Jersey. (laughs) You can have it and this stinking army with it. Why are you always sounding off about the army? Maybe you found a home in it. Well, it's the only one we'll have for a mighty long time. Not me. I'm saying adios any minute now. Like I told you back at camp, I'm getting off this train before we get to that port. You, uh, 
You've been thinking about what I was telling you? Well, yeah, I guess I have. But I ain't skipping the outfit. Well, I am. No Jap's gonna shove a bayonet in my belly. How are you gonna get off the train? Well, we're starting up the cap rock. I can jump off easy any time the train slows down on one of these upgrades. Suppose you get caught. <laughs> I expect to be sooner or later. Don't you see it, kid? They catch me, give me a court martial, I get six months or a year. That's better than a Jap bullet, ain't it? I don't know. You could go home and see your mother and wait for the MPs to bring you back, so you get six months. Or maybe you can volunteer for overseas duty and they forget the court martial. Well, suppose they're waiting there before I even see my mother. They won't even know we're gone until they get to the POE. What do you say, Dorsey? If I could get back to the outfit again. Better make up your mind. I'm taking off. You coming? Well, it's taking a big chance. Now just say yes or no. All right, I'm coming. Good deal. Now let's make it fast. Go on down the steps. Go on, jump! Hey, don't push! You all right? Yeah. Knocked. Oh, wind out of me. That won't uh, hurt you. Uh, Come on. We're in a pretty rugged country. We got a lot of walking to do. Uh, sun's coming up. It's going to get hot pretty soon. Uh, what's a little heat? As long as we're away from that chicken army. Well, how's it feel to be a free man, Darcy? I'm sorry I did it. Ah, what's eating you? I've been thinking. You got me in a lousy mess. Ah, for crying out loud, I did you a favor. You was on your way overseas. I wish I still was. What's got into you anyway? It wasn't right to leave the other guys. It wasn't right. Then why did you go? You want to see your mother, don't you? Yeah, I, I did. But not this way. You think I want her to find out I'd, I'd deserted? She was proud I was in the army. Well, all right, crybaby. Shut up! Who are you telling her shut up? Are you touch me, Leo, and I'll, I'll bust you with one of them rocks. Ah, now, look, kid, we're traveling together. Let's keep it peaceful, huh? Well, okay. Hey, hey, there's a road up ahead. Can you make out that sign on the fence? Uh, keep cattle gate closed. Matha Ranch. Say, maybe we can chow down with the hands. I'm giving myself up since we're at the ranch house. Oh, no, you're not. Look, I ain't listening to you no more. If I tell the Army the truth, maybe they'll let me go back to the outfit. You ain't going nowhere except with me. No crybaby's going to ruin my plans. I don't care about your plans. I'm going back to the outfit. That's what you said. Let me go. You you can't stop me. I'll show you what I can't do. Oh, you dirty little... You can't stop me. Uh, Ah... I don't want to fight you no more, Benson. So don't start up again, eh? Right, come on. Get up and let's get going. Hey, Benson. Why don't you get up? Benson. Benson, what's, what's wrong with you? Holy cow. Later that morning, the sheriff of Humboldt County was called to the Matha Ranch. Elderly Pete Matha had been severely beaten and his car stolen. The sheriff drove to the scene and immediately requested the aid of the Texas Rangers. Rangers Jace Pearson and Clay Morgan met the sheriff at the ranch at 11 a.m. After a brief talk with the sheriff, the Rangers went into the bedroom to interview the victim. So 
Sounds like somebody really worked the old man over. Yeah, hope he can give us a lead on who did it. Mr. Mather? Yes? I'm Ranger Pearson. This is Ranger Morgan. You peel up to answering a few questions? Go ahead. Would you tell us exactly what happened? Well, I... Went to the barn and picked some harness and heard something round back and went around to look. What was it, Mr. Mather? A soldier trying to start my car. I got a 32 Rio. Parked it around there. It was, he was trying to steal it. And what'd you do? Well, I yelled at him and told him to get out of there. And ran over to pull him out. He, he jumped out on me and knocked me around. I, I fell down and he kicked me here in, in the head. What'd he look like? He, he had an army uniform on, blood on it, face marked up like 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 he's been fighting. Was he a big fellow, Mister Mather? Well, he's better than average size, black hair, a Texas boy. Way he talked, I'd known him again if I saw him. Remember anything about his uniform, shoulder patch, anything like that? A patch? Yeah, usually wear him just off the left shoulder. It tells what outfit he's with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do remember it was a, a kind of a, a kind of a bell and a firecracker going crossways in, in front of it. It's the 903rd Infantry Division, Jason. Mm-hmm. Their camp's located over in the east part of the state. That narrows it down some. Yeah, could be any one of fifteen thousand men. We learned the 903rd Division had left their camp, and because of the troop movement, no man had been granted leave. The Army promised a quick check with the 903rd. The next morning at Ranger headquarters, I received a call from the adjutant general's office. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Well, what'd you find out, Jase? Plenty. Two soldiers went AWOL from the 903rd. One's Frank Dorsey and the other's Leo Benson. Both disappeared from a troop train on the Santa Fe somewhere in this general area. Well, we can break it down even further. Mr. Mather said the soldier was a Texan. Uh, they both are. Dorsey comes from Pinker, and Benson's hometown's Abilene. Pinker's only 40 miles from here. Maybe we better go over there first. Could be Dorsey wanted the car to get home. Let's go pay him a visit. We drove over to Pinker, Texas, and went to Dorsey's address. Turned out to be a small farmhouse about five miles north of town. No one seemed to be at home. Think he's in there playing possum? Could be. Let's go around. Wait a minute. Hmm. Car's slowing down to turn in here. Yeah. Looks like a girl driving. She's alone. Dorsey could have ducked down the seat. No. Yeah, she's alone, all right. Hi. Can I help you, Rangers? You live here, miss? Yes, I do. Frank Dorsey, any kin to you? He's my brother. I'm Norma Dorsey. I'm Ranger Pearson. This is Ranger Morgan. Can you tell us where your brother is? Well, he's... He's on his way overseas. Have you heard from him lately? Well, I... Miss Dorsey, has your brother been here? Oh, please, Ranger. Give the kid a break. He's in trouble, you know. If you'd help us, you'd make it easier all the way around. Well, Frank was here. Came home yesterday. Poor kid looked terrible. He was tired and his uniform all messed up. He told me all about jumping off the train. Is he here now? No. I want you to know why he did it, though. Why he went A-W-O-L. Even a good reason won't excuse him, miss. Well, I want you to know anyway. You see, my my mother's sick. And Frank went to the hospital to see her last night. He'll probably never see her again. Well, that's why Frank went A-W-O-L. I'm sorry, Miss Dorsey, but we still have to pick him up. It'd be less trouble if you tell us where he is. All right. Frank's on his way to Dallas. I just saw him off on the 918 bus. Thank you. Come on, Clay. Well, he's going to turn himself in. Why, why can't you leave him alone? 
Because he didn't leave someone else alone. The lady selling tickets at the bus station in Pinker told us Frank Dorsey got on a Continental bus to Dallas. We took off down the highway after it. Thirty minutes later, we spotted the bus. That's it, Jace, up ahead. Flag him down when I pull alongside. Right. Hey! Hey, driver! Pull over and stop! The driver sure looks surprised. Probably thinks he's getting a ticket. I wonder what Dorsey did with the rancher's car. Uh, abandoned it somewhere, I guess. We'll find out. Uh, you go on in, Jace. We've got a passenger on here we want to talk to, driver. Only take a minute. About a half a dozen soldiers back there, Jason. Yeah, just look for the 903rd shoulder patch. Right. Hey, that must be him. You Frank Dorsey? Y- yes, sir. You better come with us. What for? We'll talk about that outside. Got any luggage with you, son? No, sir. Let's go. Thanks, driver. You can go now. I was trying to get back to the outfit. Honestly. You're going the wrong way, son. Your outfit isn't in Dallas. Come on, get in. Yes, sir. I was going there to catch a plane for San Francisco. That's where the division went. I'm willing to go back to the outfit and face charges. We didn't pick you up for going AWOL. You know that. What for, then? For beating an old rancher half to death. An old rancher? Well, no, I didn't. Where were you yesterday morning? Anywhere near the Mather Ranch? Well, yes, sir, I was. That's when Pete Mather was beaten up. How about it? Pete Mather. Look, Rangers, I jumped off a train and went home, but I didn't beat up any old man. No? How'd you get those bruises then? From jumping off the train. And you didn't steal Mather's car, I suppose. No. You know another soldier, a fellow named Leo Benson? Yes, sir, I know him. Did he jump off the train with you? No, sir, I, I was alone. And you're the one soldier from the 903rd who was close enough to the Mather Ranch to have done it. But I didn't. We think you did. Let's see what Pete Mather thinks. got to the Mather Ranch a little after 12. I stayed with Dorsey in the car while Clay went in to get permission from the old man to bring the prisoner in. Clay came back and said Pete Mather was anxious to see if we really had his assailant. We took Frank Dorsey into the house. Let's go in the bedroom, Dorsey. Howdy, Mr. Mather. How are you feeling today? Oh, better, Ranger, better. Is that the fellow you want me to look at? Yes, sir. You ever seen him before? Bring him closer to the bed. I want to take a good look at him. Now, that's enough, Dorsey. Mister, you don't know me. Tell him you don't. How about it, Mr. Mather? Is this the soldier who beat you up? Looks like you made a mistake, Rangers. I've never seen this boy before in my whole life. Pete Mather insisted Frank Dorsey was not the man who'd attacked him. We left a few minutes later to drive Dorsey into town. We planned to leave him with the sheriff who would hold him for the Army authorities. Sorry we brought you up here, Dorsey, but we thought it was you. It's the only way to find out. Yes, sir. Now, Chase, where does this leave us? Only one way I can see it. The other G.I. who jumped the train, Leo Benson. Must have been him. Why do you say that? The soldier who beat up Pete Mather was from your division. You and Benson, the only ones missing from the 903rd. He must have jumped right after you did. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. Benson's home address was Abilene, wasn't it, Chase? We'll head down there, huh? Yeah, as we hand Dorsey over to the sheriff. Listen, I, I got to tell you. What is it, Dorsey? I, I, I got to tell someone. I, I, I couldn't sleep last night. I kept seeing him all night. 
kept seeing him the way it happened. Seeing who? It, it wasn't Benson who beat up that old man. And you won't find him in Abilene. How do you know? I killed him. You did what? You say you killed Benson? It was an accident. He talked me into jumping off the train with him. After I did, I figured out what a big mistake I made. I wanted to turn myself in. He wouldn't let me, and, well, we got into a fight. He fell and hit his head on a rock. There was blood all over him. Where was this? Back of that old man's ranch, just off a little dirt road. Suppose you show us where. Stop by this cattle gate. It's through this gate and over that way. He's right over there on the other side of that brush. Pretty isolated place. No telling when the body would have been spotted. And buzzards would have found it pretty soon. Do I have to go with you? I'm getting sick to my stomach. You stay here with him, Clay. Okay. We started fighting just about there. You say you left him behind this brush? Yes. Something wrong, Jason? Yeah. Blood on the rock, all right. There's no body. We took Frank Dorsey to the local jail. With the aid of the sheriff and his deputies, we searched the entire area. No trace of Benson was found. Ranger Morgan and I then drove to Abilene. Benson's address was a garage apartment in the rear of a large, run-down house. Up those steps, I guess. back door of that house. What's that, ma'am? Well, you're looking for Miss Benson, Ranger. She ain't here. Been gone a couple of days. We wanted to see Mr. Benson. Is he here? Him? No, he's in the Army a long time now. You ain't akin to the Bensons? Heck no. Just ran them in our apartment. I live up here in the front house. And do you have a key to their place? We'd like to look around. Well, I'll show you where there is one. Right. Oh, I've got the miseries in my back. Something awful. Ain't hardly walk. What you want him for? Something bad? We just want to talk to him. Oh, that man's plumb no good. Running around the whole time I was here. Suppose now he's in the army, he's got the whole country to run around in. Yeah, she always keeps extra key under this mat for the ice man. Oh, one of you boys better get it. My back's something fierce today. I'll get it. Say, Rangers... Now, I don't like to get in the way of the law or nothing like that, but you sure it's all right for me to let you in up there? I won't get in no trouble, will I? We brought a search warrant, ma'am. My, sure looks legal, don't it? Well, you boys better go on ahead. Take me some time to get up them stairs. All right, ma'am. Come on, Clay. If he isn't dead, he could have come home yesterday and taken off with his wife. Or else she might have gone out to pick him up somewhere. There's still a chance he's up here hiding out. Yeah. Try again. Mm-hmm. Well, I told you she wasn't home. You to the key. Yes, ma'am. Take a look in that bedroom, Clay. I'll see what's in this closet here. Right. Chase, come here. What is it, Clay? There's nobody here, but take a look at this. Benson's uniform. Quite a bit of blood on it. He was here alive anyway. Dorsey would be glad to hear that. Like they cleaned the place out. Did you check the closet? No, I'll get it now. That's the first portion of Tales of the Texas Rangers. More after these words. 
More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of February, you can digitally download Classic Radio's Greatest Shows Volume 1, featuring 12 shows including Sam Spade, Amos and Andy, Sherlock Holmes, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Gunsmoke, Inner Sanctum, and more. It's regularly priced at $19.99, but it's yours for only $9.99 via digital download this month only. Also on sale during February at 50% off is The Black Museum, Volume 1, starring Orson Welles in 12 true crime stories. It's regularly priced Priced at $19.99, but is yours for only $9.99 via digital download this month only. Visit ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download Classic Radio's Greatest Shows Volume 1 and the Black Museum Volume 1 at half price. In March, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during February. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to order. And while you're there, download an episode of Suspense absolutely free as our gift to you. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now back to Tales of the Texas Rangers. Some clothes still in here. Say, can I come in, Mark? Sure, ma'am. Well, them stars will be the death of me. I ain't nearly surprised. My bedding. Why'd she take my bedding? Maybe she sent it to the laundry. No. Linen belongs to me. I give her clean ones every Monday. Blankets are gone, too. I wonder why she took them. Well, for... A lot of clothes left in the closet, Chase. Didn't take everything. I'll check the kitchen. Okay. I want to look in this bureau. My, she sure keeps a sloppy house, don't she? That window there ain't been washed in a couple, three years, I bet. Mm, plenty of stuff in here. Hmm. Photo album. Oh. Would you pick Benson's picture out for me, ma'am? Glad to. Yeah, that's him. And that wedding picture. Uh-huh. Oh, here's another one of him. Reckon that's cabin where they used to go. Yeah, there's more pictures of that cabin. Is that their car in this picture? Let me see. Uh-huh. Yeah, they still got that. That's his wife next to him. Have you ever seen this man near the other car? Uh-uh. Never saw him before. Say, he sure caught a miss of fish, didn't he? The Bensons own that cabin? I don't rightly know. They never was very friendly. Have you any idea where it might be located? No idea at all. Find anything, Clay? Yeah, in a way, it's what I didn't find. They took all the food with them. Take a look at this photo album. Yeah, look here. Back here. This is Benson and his wife at a cabin. See there? Look at the year of the license plate on their car. 1939. Yeah, look here. Same cabin, same car, only the license is for 1940. Uh-huh. There's some more snaps taken there in 41. They kept going back there. Maybe they own it. Oh, no, they couldn't own it. Since they took all the food and bedding, seems logical they might have headed for a place like that. You know where it is? No. The owner of that other car in the picture does. You can locate him through that license number. Might add up to something, might not. That's what we're going to find out. We checked the license number of the car in the picture. It belonged to a man named Harry Steelman. Steelman worked at a cotton compress in the edge of town. We went there. Yeah. All right, you finish that line. Get moving on those bales at that end. Mr. Steelman? Yeah, hold on a minute, will you? Hey, Charlie, we haven't got all day. Get the lead out. We'd like to talk to you. All right, let's go back to the office. Come on, keep them bales moving out. Been having nothing but trouble. Compress broke down. We lost four hours this morning. I'll never catch up with this rate. Oh, 
something I can do for you? We're looking for Leo Benson. Have you seen him? Leo? Not for six, eight months. He's in the Army. You heard from him lately? No, I haven't. Lost two of my best men to the Army in the past week. What new fellas I can get is slower than cold molasses. Are you and Benson good friends? Yeah, I've known him a long time. Used to get together every once in a while. Ever go fishing with him? In a cabin, maybe? Yeah, a couple times. Where? Down the Blanco River country, east of Kilman. Celia, that's Leo's wife, her dad left it to her. You know if they keep food and bedding in the cabin? No, I'm pretty sure they don't. They only went up there once in a while. Uh, anything else? And just one more thing. Yeah. How do we get to this cabin? I can show you on a map, but uh, I can tell you one thing. Celia sure wouldn't be up there by herself. That's just what we were thinking. Steelman showed us the approximate location of the cabin on a map. Early the following morning, we drove down there. There's smoke over there. That must be it. Let's park the car here and find out. According to Steelman's direction, that's just about where the cabin should be. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, there it is. The clearing by the river. Let's go this way. No signs of life except that smoke. I don't see the car. Benson's wife might have gone somewhere with it. I don't think he'd stick his nose out of these woods. Open up, Benson. Let's take a look in that window. They've been here all right. Dish is still on the table. Let's see what's out back. It's great country for bass. I wouldn't mind if it... Hold it, Jason. What is it, Clay? Thought I saw someone move over there. Here, down by the river. Where? By that big boulder. You see? To the right of it. No one there now. Well, let's take a look. He was right about here. A couple of stones kicked over here. Still damp where they were. I guess there must have been someone. I'll take a look around back to the boulder. Right. Jace? The string of fish here is still wet. There he goes! There he goes behind you, Jace! He's crossed the river! I'll get him! Benson, stop! Get away from me! Stop! Stop! You okay, Jace? Yeah. All right, Benson. On your feet. You went to a lot of, a lot of trouble for nothing, Ranger. I, I was going to give myself up anyhow. You were, huh? Sure I was. I'd rather spend a couple of years in jail than go overseas. That's better than getting my head shot off, ain't it? In your case, Benson, I'm not so sure. And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. Frank Dorsey was turned over to the Army authorities and received six months' confinement for being absent without leave. Leo Benson was found guilty of car theft and assault and battery. He was sentenced to five years at Huntsville Penitentiary. Upon his release from prison, he was returned to the Army and received two years for desertion and a dishonorable discharge. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae will soon be seen in San Francisco's story, a Warner Brothers release. The cast included Tony Barrett, Peter Leeds, Sam Edwards, Herb Ellis, Bibby Jansen, and Janet Nolan. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Bernard Ederer and Robert A. White, and the program is produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Hal Gibney speaking. 
Next, enjoy 90 minutes of comedy and music on The Big Show on NBC. And that's Tales of the Texas Rangers from April 6, 1952 with Troop Train starring Joel McRae. Also in that cast, Tony Barrett, Vivi Janice, Peter Leeds, Jeanette Nolan, and Herb Ellis with Hal Gibney doing the announcing over NBC. Hope you enjoyed Tales of the Texas Rangers. All right, before we tune into part one of the Danny Kay Show, I want to remind all of our listeners that we have three surprise boxes for you. If you like classic radio, classic TV on DVD, and the Twilight Zone radio dramas, Lisa, tell them all about these wonderful surprise boxes. Everybody loves the surprise. Everybody loves these surprise boxes. So there are three different versions. We have classic radio on CD. We have classic movies and TV on DVD. And we have Twilight Zone radio dramas on CD. So you can choose which one you like. It's only $39.99, but you get over $150 worth of product in each box. So what a surprise to get that and how many hours of enjoyment you will have when you do. Yeah, I mean, each one of these, as you said, only $39.99. And it's brand new product in the cellophane. You get $150 worth of product for only $39.99. And each one of these categories. Now, how do you learn more about this? Just go to our website, right? Hollywood360radio.com. Hollywood360radio.com. When you go there, there'll be a pop-up. When you see that pop-up, it talks all about the surprise boxes. And you should order them because, I don't know, Lisa, we've gotten a lot of people texting and emailing and telling how much they like these. I can say that everybody who has ordered them has been really, really happy. We get so many emails and so many messages thanking us and telling us how great these boxes are. So we hope that you'll try them out. And again, you can choose between the three boxes, which is the one for you. Most people have been reordering once they get it because they're so happy they reorder and get more product. So just go to Hollywood360radio.com and check out our three surprise boxes that we've set up just for you. Okay, it's time now for the Danny Kay Show. This was a comedy that came to CBS Radio in 1945, and it featured singing, music, and various comedy sketches. The casts included Eve Arden. This was before she was our Miss Brooks. Also, Lionel Stander, Fran Nelson as regulars. Now, the supporting casts were Kenny Delmar, Everett Sloan, Joan Edwards, and Butterfly McQueen. The producer of the series was Goodman Ace of the Easy Aces fame, and in 1963, it was revived on TV, lasting until 1967. It's time now for part one of the Danny Kay Show. Let's go back to January 20th, 1945. This is called the Auction Sale. Here's Danny Kay in part one of the Danny Kay Show. This is the Danny Kay Show with Eve Arden, Lionel Stander, yours truly Ken Niles, and the outstanding music of America's top band, Harry James and his music makers. Caps Blue Ribbon, 33 fine brews blended into one great beer, presents 33 fine talents blended into one great comedian, Danny Kaye. (laughs) 
gosh, Danny, we've walked all over town. We can't find a movie we haven't seen. Why is that? Well, I guess maybe we saw them all, huh? Yeah. But, but ain't it funny? Every theater you took me to was playing the same picture, up in arms. <laughs> well, that's a coincidence, isn't it? You want to see it again? Gee, <laughs> Danny, how about seeing a gangster picture? Shooting, bang, bang, and all that stuff. Hey, look at that banner. There's just the kind of picture I like. Action today. What a cast. Flynn, Raft, and Cagnet. Lionel, that sign says auction today. And that's Flynn, Rafferty, and Carney. They're not actors. They're auctioneers. (laughs) Well, what are they doing in a movie? Lionel, it is not a movie. It's an auction sale. Oh, I I heard about them auctions, but I've never seen one. Let's go in and watch. All right, but listen. Don't let them talk into buying anything. Come on. And now, ladies and gentlemen, this next article here is a very rare one indeed for these times. I don't have to tell you how hard it is to get any sort of mechanical appliances, but we have here a practically new article that all of you who have farms or ranches should really bid for. I am referring to this genuine 1943 model gentle action milking machine. Gee, Danny, do they get milk from machines these days? (laughs) No, Lionel. First the machine gets it from the cow. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> All right, now come, come, let's get going. I want a good solid bid for this mechanical marvel. The farmer's helper, the cow's friend. Now, what do I hear? $75. $75, $75. Do I hear an 80? 80. I got an 80. I got an 80. Do I hear 85? Do I hear 85? Do I hear 90? 90. Thank you. Do I hear Come on, 95? Lionel. We'd better get over to the studio. 95. Oh, wait a minute, Danny. Uh, this hear... is fun. Do I hear a hundred? Do I hear a hundred? One hundred. Do I hear one ten? Do I hear a one ten? Hey, Danny, what time is it? One fifteen. Sold to the blonde. <laughs> For one hundred and fifteen, just give the cashier your check for one hundred and fifteen dollars, my boy. Who, who? Me? Yes, son. You'll never regret buying this milking machine. Oh, wait a minute, Mister. I don't want a milking machine. My my friend just asked me what time it was, and I told him. Young man, if you knew what time it was, you wouldn't be here. I'll just see the cashier Oh, but wait a minute I don't need a milking machine I haven't got a cow I haven't got a farm And even if I had a cow I wouldn't know what to do Supposing I do get a cow Well, Danny, here we are at the studio Boy, when you tell Eve Arden That you bought a milking machine She'll really blow her top Oh, now, look, Lionel How about you going in and telling her You're much more of a diplomat than I am Well, I'm much more of a coward than you are, too. You tell her. Oh, all right. You stay out here with the machine, and if anyone comes along and wants to know what time it is, sell it to him. (laughs) Okay. Well, here I go. Into the lion's mouth. Hi, Evie. Oh, hello, Danny. Where have you been? Oh, Lionel and I were out looking for a movie, but we couldn't find one we hadn't seen, so... uh, we just walked along and trying to find a movie we hadn't seen or anything, so I had to open my big mouth and we wound up doing some shopping. Well, where's Lionel now? Oh, he's outside with it. <laughs> outside with what? With it. <laughs> I-T. It. Now, do you want me to spell cat? C-A. Will you stop... Now, what did you buy? Another suit? Not exactly. Well, is it something you wear? Well, 
I can't wear it, but it's... <laughs> Danny, will you stop stalling? What did you buy? Can I stop there and not try for the $64? <laughs> no. What did you buy? Well, I... No coaching from the audience, please. <laughs> what did you buy? I'll be sorry. Let's put it this way, Evie. When a waitress asks you what you want to drink, what does she usually say? Coffee, tea, or milk? That's it, milk. Now, where does milk come from? A cow. That's right, but who gets the milk from the cow? Whoever milks the cow. That's right. But instead of a whoever, I bought a whatever. <laughs> a whatever? Yes. You are now looking at a man who has legally adopted a milking machine. <laughs> A milking machine? Are you out of your mind, and why do I ask? Well, Lionel asked me what time it was. I told him, and boom, I had a milking machine. And boom, you had a milking machine. Yes. Listen, Lum and Abner, you take that whatever back to wherever you bought it and get your money back right now. Oh, I wished I could. Hey, Danny, a guy just came up to me and asked me what time it was. I told him 5.10, and nothing happened. <laughs> Listen, Stander, come in here and bring that electric octopus with you. Okay. Ain't it a beauty, Miss Arden? Yeah, Eve, you'll love this thing when you see how it works. Hey, hey, put the plug in the socket there, Lionel. Okay. Contact! Contact! Now, Mr. K, would you mind giving me back my skirt? <laughs> now, don't get excited, Evie. I'll have it out in a minute. Oh, <laughs> There. See? Hello, everybody. Hello, Harry. Hey, look, hey, Harry, you got here just in time. Look what I've got. Well, I'll be darned. What is it, an electric bagpipe? Not unless you want to play cow-cow boogie. <laughs> information, Harry, our cowless Mr. K has bought himself a milking machine. Hey, Danny, what are you going to do with it? Milk coconuts? Oh, look, I got an idea. We could take these little rubber suction nozzles, put them on somebody's head, turn it on, you could give them a wonderful scalp treatment. <laughs> are you kidding? A milking machine for a scalp treatment? Certainly, it's an innovation. Homogenized dandruff. <laughs> oh, this is ridiculous. Now, Danny, genius number one, and Lionel, genius number one and a half, <laughs> take that infernal machine back this minute. Oh, I think she means it, Lionel. Come on, we better go. Well, we're back, Evie. Everything's all right now. Yep, everything's hunky-dunky. Oh, you got rid of the milking machine, huh? Oh, we did better than that. Open the door, Lionel. No! <laughs> What is that? Well, it ain't Frank Sinatra, sister. <laughs> That's the first portion of the Danny K Show from January 20th, 1945. We'll have more of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. 
Hi, this is Sarah Knight-Adamson. I'm the national film critic for the website sarahsbackstagepass.com. I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association in L.A. and a voting member of the Critics' Choice Film Awards. Coming up next, you'll hear a film review of a movie that's playing near you. Maze Runner, The Death Cure. It's rated PG-13. It's science fiction, and it's the third and final movie of the series. Dylan O'Brien, Thomas, the lead actor in the series, finds himself leading the charge once again. His main goal is to save his friend, Mihu, who scientists are trying to find a cure for the plague. Let's take a listen. They took you because you're immune to a plague that's wiping out the human race. They think you're worth sacrificing to find a cure. They'll never stop until we can stop them. With a thrilling, action-packed opening scene, just like that, we are back in the world of zombies, mad scientists, torture, death, friendships, and heroes. Here's another clip. How many kids do they have to round up, torture, kill? It stops when we find a cure. Thomas, you can save your friends. Or you can save us all. The director is Wes Ball. Patricia Clarkson also stars. The bottom line, I'm out. Two and a half stars out of four. It's way too long. Two hours and 23 minutes. And it's also overly violent with way too many scenes of drawn out ugh, everything, honestly. It's just too bad the film wasn't edited tighter with more attention given to the physical maze, which really made the first movie. I'd say skip it. Check out all of my reviews and interviews on sarahsbackstagepass.com. See you next week. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it's the conclusion to the Danny Kay Show. Then we'll listen to a half-hour spy drama on Dangerous Assignment starring Brian Donlevy. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.